Welcome to Tauri's Community Church. We hope this talk helps you in figuring it out because we believe that when people discover truth and love, they are able to face life in a different kind of way and come alive. If this talk is relevant for you and you wish to discover more, please head over to tauraisecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. And with that, we hope you enjoy today's talk. Good morning, everyone. Hey, you know, the good thing is that it's, only, it's close to Christmas now, isn't it? There's not far uh, left for Christmas. In fact, we're less than two weeks away from Christmas. And in a re- way, you know, we have a sense of Christmas is now, but not yet. Is that right? Has anyone experienced that with the, the celebrations and the joys that we naturally have coming up to Christmas? Well, in a way, that's what Advent's all about. Because Advent's also about that sense of, of, of something's here, but it's not yet. Uh, when Jesus came on, on earth, uh, he announced his ministry in Mark 1.15. He said, the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. And it's partially con- uh, fulfilled through the presence of Jesus and Jesus coming to earth. But yet there was a not yet stage to it. And that's what Advent celebrates. That's what Advent's all about. Now, Advent is a, a time of hope because of, of what isn't yet here, but what we can appropriate appropriate into our lives. And one of the major themes of Advent is that is of peace. And that's what we're going to be unpacking today. We're going to be talking about peace today. Do you know the word peace is mentioned? Well, how many times do you reckon throughout the Bible is the word peace mentioned? Give us, give us some rough guesses. I knew, Carolyn, you'd be one of the first ones with a big, loud voice. Good on you, but no. <laughs> and someone said 600 today? No. Uh, any, any other guesses? And please let me encourage you for your answers. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's 254 times. And so it's a major theme throughout the Bible. From cover to cover, uh, we see a people seeking peace and we see that, that God the Father comes and sends his son to this earth to bring peace. And then, then we see the Holy Spirit coming again to bring peace, bring, bring peace in ourselves, in our inner, inner selves, but also bring peace with our, our Heavenly Father and to bring peace with others as well. Now, friends, this is so different to the kind of peace that we normally talk about in terms of a world. Do you know, when Jesus was born, it was in a period of time called the Pax Romani. Say, say after me, Pax Romani. Now, tell me what that means. The Roman peace. Uh, Andrew, you're amazing. Uh, the Roman peace. Because it was a period of time of some hundreds of years where basically there was peace throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, which was a, a huge empire encompassing uh, much of, if you like, the known world uh, that was uh, at, at that time. And how did that Roman uh, peace come about? It's quite simple. They put down anyone who was against them. And so it was by fighting to bring about peace. And eventually they got to the point in time where pretty well all of their opponents, except for minor skirmishes here and there, were put down, including rebellions throughout the Roman world. And so they had a time of peace because they extinguished those that would oppose them. Now, when Jesus came to earth, he brought a different kind of peace, a vastly different kind of peace. And to, to get an understanding of what this peace was, I think we need to, to go back uh, many, many years, perhaps 2,700 years, uh, to, to get an, an understanding of what this peace was. You see, the prophet Isaiah, uh, he came and he, he talked about the coming of Jesus. And he said that, um, he said, for, for to us a child is born. And that would be Jesus in about 700 years' time. To us a son is given. And the government or the rule or the dominion uh, will be on his shoulders. But it goes on to say, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And what was this next term? Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his rule and peace, there will be no end. Wow, you think about that, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his rule and peace, there will be no end. Now this was being spoken to a people that we're often dealing with strife. You know, there's the people that were carted off to 
in captivity to another nation or to be carted off. It was a people that between when Isaiah spoke this and, and Jesus finally came, the, the Greeks had invaded, and then after that the Romans had invaded, and there was continual civil war going in this, on in this country. There, were fight, there was fighting, there, were, there was disruption, and people longed for peace. And in a way, it's not much different to what we've got today. I don't know if you noticed, but the last two years have been somewhat unusual. Has anyone noticed that? Um, and we've been so fortunate about being here in Tassie, but you know, with the, the, uh, the pandemic that we've had and this new strain that's breaking out around the world, there are a lot of people who don't live in peace. There are a lot of people who live in turmoil. And you know, perhaps this, of the greatness of his rule and peace, there'll be no end. Perhaps it's something that we need to appropriate and to grab hold of. And it's not just COVID that has caused problems. Well, but then we've got the... Uh, the whole division that's caused between uh, vax versus anti-vax. And, uh, uh, you know, just in, in A2A as an example, I'm often talking with pastors of churches in different states where there's division that's been created because in some of those areas, if you haven't had your vaccination, you're not allowed to go to church. It's not a rule of a church or the pastors, it's a rule of a government. And it's like there's, there's division that is actually being, that is causing people to be pulled apart. That's not peace, folks. That's not peace. And then we look at um, the troubles that are going on and our, uh, the agitation uh, that, uh, that's happening with China in our region and beyond. And this big agitation's happening. And then if we're on the other side of the world, we'll be looking at the agitations that are happening right on the border of Ukraine where Russia is massing huge numbers of troops. And they've already invaded some years ago the Crimean region and and potentially, possibly, and we hope not, uh, that there might be further expansion. It's not beyond the, the beyond. Um, it's not a fantasy to say that we could be on the brink of another world war, even. So, where can we find peace in times like this? We look at the Pax Romani, the Roman peace, and we see that it was a peace that was dependent on the circumstances being right. In other words, you're my enemy, smash. Now I've got peace. It's a bit like the peace after a boxing match, isn't it? After someone's been laid out. That's not the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. He was talking about the peace where there'll be no end, an eternal peace that will come through his rule in our lives and on this earth. And it's an invitation for us to step into this peace. Now, when Jesus was about to come uh, to this earth, about 700 years after these words were written, we saw Jono unpack this last week. Jono told us of this Christmas story as, as told by Luke, so I won't go through it all. But an angel appeared to the shepherds who were in the fields tending their flocks, and he said to them, do not be afraid. Don't you notice that uh, when we don't have peace, we often have fear and anxiety that comes into our lives? So... Here the angel was saying, act in the opposite spirit to the, the peace that, uh, to, to the fear that you probably have. Do not be afraid. Uh, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, isn't it? Never, never, never forget that that is the reason for the celebration that we have at Christmas. He is the Messiah. The Lord, the promised one, the chosen one, the one that you've been waiting on for all of these years, he's going to be here at last. He is here at last. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. For us, to us, a child is born. Sorry, where are we? I've, got, I've lost myself. Yeah, suddenly a great company of a heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Say it with me. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. This is the child of promise coming to earth the child that Isaiah had spoken about 700 years before, the one who would finally bring a peace that people are hungering for. 
and to those upon whom his favour rested, there be peace. The Prince of Peace had finally come to earth, being born as a baby. But as I said, this wasn't the, the kind of peace that we talked about with a Roman peace that depended on circumstances. This was an extraordinary time that was being foreshadowed in where we could have a peace that was no longer dependent on circumstances. This is a peace that Jesus brought was to be a supernatural peace, a peace that, that, as I said, didn't depend on circumstances and a peace that we could find no matter what our circumstances was, a peace that is, in fact, a, a fruit of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Galatians. Years later, as an adult, Jesus said this. He said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. It's not a worldly kind of peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace of God was coming to earth through the person of Jesus. And the peace that Jesus promised it was a shalom. It was a peace that was about our inner beings rather than about our circumstances. It was a peace that was holistic, bringing wholeness to our lives. It was a peace that was going to bring harmony to our souls. It was a peace that would bring reconciliation to our relationships with each and every one, as well as our relationship with God. And that, that bit about reconciliation, isn't that important, eh? Have you ever noticed that it's impossible to have a sense of peace when you're, you're out of sorts with someone? Look at the husbands and wives or the partners here today. <laughs> You'd know as well as I do the fact that when there isn't peace in your relationship, um, things, things just aren't right. I remember Anne Wildman years and years ago talking to me about this. And Anne was probably the, the foremost relationship counsellor in Launceston at the time. And she used to do a lot of workplace counselling. And she'd tell me that the workplace problems that people had virtually always came from something in the house. And, and often it was an issue of, of a lack of reconciliation, a lack of peace in your dominant relationships. So Jesus' promise of peace was a peace that came with a promise. Uh, and not yet now, but a promise of what could be achieved and what could be walked into. Because it was a peace that Jesus offered, but also a peace that we're told to take hold of and to lean into and to embrace and to absorb into our lives. It wasn't just to be a passive peace that we would say, okay, hit me with it, or, oh, there's peace, I'm just going to go and sit over here. But rather an active and dynamic peace which we could have in our lives. It was a peace, kind of peace that summons every person who wants it to move beyond being a, a peacekeeper to being a peacemaker. And let me explain the difference to you here about how you can claim the peace that Jesus offered by being a peacemaker rather than a peacekeeper. First of all, I think peacemakers lean into, into God's presence. Peacemakers lean into God's presence. We understand that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and there is a promise of peace upon to, to those upon whom his favour rests. Do we position ourselves to lean into the place where his favour is? To lean into the place of peace by, by actually living our lives in sync with how he talks us to? It, it begins with a relationship with Jesus where we, we come to faith and we step into that relationship, which is a place of blessing, it's a place of favour, but then it continues by actually walking in that place of blessing. You know, if Jesus talks to us and says, I, I want you to live your life this way, I want you to live your life according to my word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but we go off and do what we want to do, we're not going to find the peace that he actually promises for us and that he tells us about. So it requires a leaning in. And that leaning in, quite frankly, can take all the days of our lives as we learn to lean in more and more and more as time goes by. So leaning in means letting go of control. Um, uh, leaning in takes faith and trust. It, it, comes, it, it means coming to the point of saying, 
God, you really are God. You really are the one in whom I can place my trust. You really are the one who needs to be in control of my life. But leaning in also means letting go of the sinful feelings that we have. Things like unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and our own selfish ambition. Because these things are guaranteed to, to, to give us anything but the peace of God. They'll take us away from the peace that God actually has for us. Now, when we, we do this, we, we, we come to the point of trusting God. We, we say, God, you are bigger than me. Not my will, but your will. We, we come to embrace his words, his works and his ways by choosing to bring alignment to our lives. And we, we, we lean into embracing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is like God with us today. And, and I want that. I want to be filled every day with a sense of the presence of God in my life. And when I do that, my thinking changes, my feeling changes, my actions change. If I'm walking more and more in line with the, the purposes and the plans that God has for me, there's also the peace that I find that he has for me. Now, I remember a little over 27 years ago um, when I got that, that phone call in the night. Uh, it's, a call that, it's a phone call that all of us dread, isn't it? Um, it was my mum telling me that my dad had just died of a heart attack. And um, I, was, I was shocked. I was, I was just knocked for a sixer, absolutely shocked. And I remember it was a winter's day, it was a July day uh, as, as the sun came up and we went through the day and, and we had a couch. It was a papasan that re actually... Did anyone remember what papasans were? No, I'm really old. Okay. Just, just couch. I'm sure most of you understand what a couch is. And, and I put it in front of the sun and the, and the main room and, and I just sat on there the rest of the day, really. And um, a friend of mine sent me a card, Norman Pell, who died earlier this year. He sent me a card and it had this beautiful verse on, on it. And it talked about the, the, the peace of God which transcends or is greater than or beyond all understanding. Well, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I meditated on that card and what that verse was saying. And without probably even consciously thinking, I leaned into God. I leaned into his presence, his promises. And I remember to this day, 27 years later, 27 and a half years later, this amazing peace that it just felt like it was, was wrapping around me and embracing me. It was just the most incredible peace. You know, it might sound harsh in saying this, but I did not lose one moment of sleep on any night over my father's death. And that's not to say I wasn't sad. I was. I was deeply sad. But, you know, I had a peace which actually um, gripped hold of me. And even though I missed him, I had this peace still. I meant that I wasn't in turmoil. And I thank God for the peace that transcended understanding, um, which simply meant that I could pass my feelings over to him. The questions I had, I could place in God, knowing that God was trustworthy. Where was my dad? Uh, was he, had he gone to eternity with, with you? Was he somewhere else? What, what was happening? I could pass all of those over to God. And as I did, I just found this incredible peace coming back. Friends, when we lean into God, the supernatural nature of his peace is available to each and every one of us. Some of you have situations of turmoil in your life, whether it be with your children, or whether it be with your parents, or your, your step-parents, or whether it be with friendships that have gone wrong. But this peace is there to hold us, not to take away the bad circumstances necessarily, because, hey, sometimes we just actually have to walk through them. But this peace is there to actually hold us and to embrace us and to strengthen us and to be able to walk through the fires that, that are there, to walk through the conflict, if that's what's there, to walk through the difficult times without the anxiety and the fear grabbing hold of us. It was a peace that's beyond all understanding. And this peace led me to simply trust God to hand all of my feelings over to him. And I swear that uh, this, my, my response to my father's death would have been so much different if I didn't have the peace of God to accompany me. 
Peacemakers also lean into reconciliation. They want to make peace with God. They want to do that. But they also want to make peace with others. With God, it's simple. We approach him. We ask to make peace with him. We ask to, to come into his family. We ask to be embraced by him. He won't turn us away. He'll give it to us. He'll, he'll gladly take us in. And the sin that, that separates us from God will be, will be dealt with because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We have a father in heaven who just longs to have us come into that, the peace of that relationship with him. But with people, it's not so easy, is it? Now, here's where we must learn the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. You see, peacekeepers won't rock the boat. This means that relationship issues are often left unresolved. Um, you know what it is, it's like when you're peacekeeping with someone? You might be in inward turmoil with someone. You go up to them, you put a smile on their face. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. And you know that everything's not fine, don't you? You know that there's an issue there, um, but you, you go on and you live your life. Or perhaps instead of going up to them, you just avoid them, or perhaps you're grumpy to them and, and they're unspoken words to clear the air. When you keep peace, things may all be fine on the surface, but underneath there may be turmoil, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness. You know, the list, the list goes on. The list goes on and on about how you can be feeling and, and what's below the surface when we're just peacekeeping rather than making peace. You see, peacekeeping doesn't mean dealing with the issues. In fact, being a peacemaker rather than a peacekeeper it's actually a sign of maturity. Being a peacekeeper without being a peacemaker is a sign of immaturity. It's, a sign, it's an indication of areas where there is still growth, it's emotional growth and spiritual growth, that's actually required. Now, some of you may be saying, ouch here, because I might be talking to, to some in this room. In fact, I might be talking to a lot in this room. Let me tell you that there are degrees of it, and I think it's a lifelong journey but it's a journey where God wants to take us on to being whole because he wants us to be like his son, Jesus. And that just doesn't happen in the twinkle of an eye. And sometimes we're going to be tested and tested and tested. And um, it takes that testing for us to be able to get over the little hurdles so that we can get over the big hurdles. But God doesn't want us to stay as a peacekeeper. He wants us to become peacemakers. I know the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping because I've been there. We've all been there, haven't we? You know, walk down the street and you see someone that you've had difficulties with. They haven't seen you yet. A, peace, uh, a peacekeeper will probably tend to walk over the other side of the street so you don't have to actually encounter them or if potentially even just turn your back so you're looking at the shop window or something like that. Avoidance is a prime the strategy of, priests, of peacekeepers. But peacemakers, if you've made your peace with that person, even though they mightn't be your favourite person in the world, it means that you can go up to them and, and you can say, g'day, as you're going past, or stop for a brief chat. You don't have to really, they don't have to be your best friends in the world. But it means that you are step three so that you can have a, an equal relationship, a reasonable relationship with them. With peacekeepers, often that's not the case because you're harbouring stuff, which is actually stopping having a, a decent relationship with people. Does that make sense? So, Jesus told us what to do when someone sins against us. Matthew 18, 15. This is a verse that's worth taking to heart. If your brother sins against you, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. And then the next couple of verses go on and, and unpack that further, which we won't do today. But this whole thrust of Jesus' teaching is about being a peacemaker, not just a peacekeeper. Uh, if there's an issue, go and sort it out. Don't let it be like cancer that, that's bugging you and just, just keeping there in a relationship. Go. Now, most of you know that we've had a situation of sin against the church. I'm not going to name names or talk much about this. I'm really impressed with, with how, as a church, how you have dealt with this. And I just want to say, well done to this. Well done. You know, it's just been absolutely fantastic. 
And some of you have been peacemakers, have been able to go to the offending person and say words like, mate, what you did was wrong. It's hurt me and it's left me confused. And to tell you the truth, I might say, I'm still working through it, but I forgive you and I love you. I'm not rejecting you. Wow, that's a sign of maturity when you can actually do that. Uh, that's, that's actually being like Jesus. Uh, it takes maturity and strength and courage to be able to go and do that. And every time we respond like that, our spiritual and emotional muscle will grow as we become a little bit more like Jesus. And every time we do that, the peace of Christ just invades our lives more and more and more. Peacekeepers, on the other hand, uh, haven't yet got to that stage where they can be honest and set free uh, like this. And perhaps they never will, in all honesty, perhaps they never will. Um, because to move from being a peacekeeper to a peacemaker takes leaning in, it takes courage. Friends, if we want the peace of Christ, if we want to be a peacemaker, it takes leaning in. We just can't be stay there and say, this is who we are. I'm not going to change. Because if you're not going to change, you're not going to get the peace of Christ that, that Christ actually has for you. He wants us to lean in. He wants us to lean into him. He wants us to lean into being a, a peacemaker. And peacemaking also means that we'll lean into to bringing peace to others. That we receive God's peace, which is fantastic. But we're also meant to carry it to others. God just doesn't want us to be self-interested. He doesn't want us to be self-consumed. Really, if we obey Jesus' new commandment of loving others like he did, well, we have no choice, do we? We just have no choice. If we're to love like Jesus, we're to, to go take our peace to others. It's not because we feel obligated to be a peace carrier. Rather, it's who we become. John 14, 15, I think it says, uh, Jesus says, if you really love me, you'll obey my commands. It's really easy to think of that. Oh, okay, if I love Jesus, I have to go and do what he commands me to do. But that's not the context of the verse. The context of the verse is, if you really love me, my love is going to transform me transform you. You're going to step into being the person more and more who I want you to be. And because of that love that you have for me, you're going to want to, to, to obey my commands. You will obey my commands because it's in your heart to do so. Now I can relate to, uh, to this about being a, taking God's peace to others from early days as a Christian. I remember uh, Sharon and I are probably pretty clumsy at it, probably made more clumsy than Chaz. Um, but I could see how God was changing my life. This is when I was in my late 20s and that. And, and I, I wanted others to have what I'd found. I wanted the sense of peace that was growing in me. I, wanted to, I could see the way my life was changing. I could see the way my, my feelings and expectations were changing. And I wanted others to have, to have that as well. And that hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped to this day. Um, I just so much want people to have the presence of Jesus in their lives and the peace for eternity that goes with it, but also the peace on this earth too. And one of the things that grieves me is when I see people grasp hold of Jesus and they have peace for an eternity, but they don't have peace for right here and now uh, because they're not actually obeying Jesus in their life here and now. They're not walking his way here and now. They're not allowing the Holy Spirit to cloak them, to soak them in his presence every day and to take them on that journey where they become more like Christ and where they, they are so enthralled with the message of Jesus, the message of the gospel and the person of Jesus and the, the experience they have of the Holy Spirit that they want to take this message of peace to others. And this is what we should be like. For each and every one of us, and I'd say to you here, right here, right now, if you're not in that place, just lean in. Just lean in a little bit more into who Jesus is, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit into your life. Just lean in. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus said this to his disciples, Esther, you can come up here. Did you know that Jesus said, Esther, you can come up here. <laughs> uh, he said, when you... When you enter, enter a house, first say, peace to this house. 
And as someone who promotes peace, as someone who is open to peace, receptive and wanting to be a carrier of peace, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. In other words, if, if they reject your blessing of peace, well, it might bounce backwards again, but hey, you've done your part. You have done your part. And Jesus Christ is calling each and every one of us to do our part, to lean into the peace that he has for us, to receive the peace that he has for us, the peace that he made for us by going to the cross. And he calls us not just to be called to be peacekeepers, but to be peacemakers who will go and take his message of peace to people who know him and to people who don't know him. In wrapping up today, I want to remind you that in this season of Advent, this season of yes now but not yet, we can have the now. We can have the peace that he promises us. It's not everywhere in the world. That's the not yet bit, but it's here for us as people who believe in Jesus and receive him into our life as our Lord and Saviour and choose to walk in his way. It is a promise, it is a blessing for us upon whom his favour rests he is the prince of peace and remember that the peace that jesus offers is a supernatural kind of peace his peace is a fruit of the holy spirit we read about that in galatians chapter 5 the holy spirit wants to give us his peace by developing our character by developing our lives so that we display this peace so that we live in this peace so that we walk in this peace but it takes us to lean into it we need to lean into the peace that he offers so we will not only receive it, but, but also we'll be able to take it to others. And friends, don't just settle for being a, a peacekeeper, but become a peacemaker. And I'll tell you, it takes guts to do that. And I don't want to say that I'm all, already 100% there because of course I'm not. I don't think any of us are because none of us are totally like Christ. But you know what? I'm a lot further along the path than I was some years ago. And I trust that each and every one of us will continue to grow in this area as you can go along the, further along the path of being a peacemaker and not a peacekeeper than you were in the past, where you were yesterday, the day before, the time before that. Become a peacemaker and seek to bring peace to your relationships. So even the person who's offended you the worst and hurt you the most, you can smile and say, with a glad and sincere heart, G'day, how are you? How are you doing? Um, bless you. And not be harbouring stuff in your own lives and be carriers of that peace to others. Friends, I'd encourage you to lean into him by asking the Holy Spirit to bring you close and fill you with his peace and his presence. I think for each and every one of us we can go deeper in this we can go deeper in this but the blessings there to be received the blessings of peace and the question is how much do we want this how much do we want this I love nature I love going fishing I even love it more when I catch something but, you know, nature doesn't give me the same kind of peace that the presence of God gives. And sometimes I'm going to find peace uh, when I'm out in nature, peace that's in the presence of God. And for us, others of you, it might be in other places. We've also got to be really careful that we're not running away from the presence of God and finding a, a second-rate peace wherever we're going, whether it be nature, whether it be our work, whether it be whatever the case might be. See, Jesus said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. Do you want to receive the peace that Jesus has for us, for you? Do you want to receive that? Do you want to embrace that? Do you want to take it into your life so that it will not only be there as a sense of, yeah, this, this feels great, but it will cloak us and it will shape who we become. So that's the promise of a shalom, the peace that Jesus has for us. Do we want this peace? Do we really want this peace? Do we want to lean into this peace? I hope that you'll say yes. I hope that in your hearts that each and every one of you right now is saying, yes, I want that peace. First of all, it comes from peace with Jesus. 
then it, it becomes a peace that becomes who we are and a peace that transcends our relationships, not just our feeling, but our relationships as we go to carry that peace to others. Father, I thank you and praise you that you are such an almighty God. And through your Holy Spirit, I ask that you fall upon each and every one of us here today. Saturate us with your peace. Fill us with your peace, Father, today in Jesus' mighty name. Lord God, whatever is inhibiting us, whatever is stopping us receiving your peace, Father God, I pray that you bring it to mind, that we can actually put it up on the altar and say, no more, I'm not going to let this hold me back from experience of peace of God that's found in Christ Jesus and that's, that's sensed and, and walked in through the power of the Holy Spirit today. Lord, cloak us in your presence here today, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray that every person here today will say yes to wanting your peace, the Prince of Peace to more peace, a peace that transcends all that understanding in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this talk. We've created a free resource for this series which is available for you over at towerracecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. You'll find links in the description. We are praying for you. Have a great week.